Hello, my friends. This is Dan Jones with another quiet talk for you today. A famous charlatan preacher used to say, it's not the love of money that's the root of all evil, it's the lack of it. Now, we can chuckle at that, but I find it sad that so many people can be deceived by a guy like him who claimed to be a Christian minister who could teach people how to get rich. You would probably not be surprised to learn that he got really rich from his so-called ministry. While I don't know any Christians who would so blatantly pervert a well-known verse of Scripture like that, I think some live as if the lack of money really was the root of all evil. Is money evil in itself? The Bible doesn't teach this, but as it says in 1 Timothy 6.10, the problem isn't money, but our attitude toward money. I want to talk about an attitude that many sincere Christians have toward money that is wrong. There's a term that we use a lot. Everybody uses it, including Christians. It is financial security. People usually mean by that that you either have a very large sum of money or you have a permanent income stream of some kind that you can live on for the rest of your life. This is all based on a false notion that I mean to disabuse you of, and that is that money provides security. It absolutely does not. In the beginning of October 1929, there were a lot of millionaires in this country who were dead broke by the end of the month. They didn't see it coming. But you don't need a stock market crash to prove that there is no security in money. Let me illustrate. Suppose that when I graduated from high school, some nice person gave me a $1,000. Actually, this is not just an illustration, but pure fantasy. Anyway, suppose I was a wise young man then, also a fantasy, and I said to myself, someday when I'm 65 years old, this $1,000 will come in handy. So I locked it in a strong box. You don't have to be a financial genius to know where this is going. Compared to $1,973, that grand would be worth about $161 today. To reverse the math, if someone wanted me to have $1,000 of 1973 purchasing power when I got to be 65, they would have had to have given me back then $6,198. The Bible actually talks about this. Proverbs 23 4 and 5 says, Do not toil to acquire wealth. Be discerning enough to desist. When your eyes light on it, it is gone. For suddenly it sprouts wings, flying like an eagle toward heaven. What happens when your eyes light on an eagle who is flying up towards heaven? As you watch, He gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Like that money that nobody gave me when I got out of high school. Now, you may be thinking, 
I'll get something else that will provide me security, like gold. The problem there is that if there's nothing on the store shelves to buy, gold won't do you much good. You can't eat it or wear it or heat your house in the winter with it. Now let's talk for a bit about what God thinks about the rich and mighty men of the earth. Through Isaiah in chapter 40, he asks a rhetorical question. Listen, do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown, scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. There's a long section in the book of Revelation that I wish I had time to cover in detail, but I don't. It talks about something called Babylon and its demise. Babylon there is a metaphor for the big and powerful financial interests of the world. Babylon is called in Revelation the great prostitute, who, as it says in chapter 17, commits fornication with the kings of the earth. Boy, is that ever happening right now. So what happens to these great and wealthy ones, these princes and rulers of the earth, as Isaiah calls them. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning, standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. And all the merchants who were once fabulously wealthy weep because nobody buys their merchandise anymore. In one hour. My friends, many people today are terribly upset at the super rich people who seem to be controlling the world, the world's commerce, the flow of the world's news and information. Don't upset yourself. In one hour, they will all be wiped out. There is no security in money, regardless of how much you have. But is there any real security anywhere? Yes. Jesus told us plainly in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. He said, Quit worrying about what you will eat or drink or what you will wear. The pagans worry about these things. Your heavenly Father knows you need all these things. So you seek first the kingdom of God. Seek to submit yourself completely to his kingship, his lordship, and he 
will provide all you need in this life. In another place, Jesus told his disciples, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Somebody has said that the kingdom of God is a topsy-turvy kingdom. Most people think that to be secure, you should get all you can get and keep it for yourself. But Jesus says that to be secure, you must give it away. Give, and it shall be given to you. There is no security in money, but there is total security in your heavenly Father who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and he owns all the gold in the hills. In Psalm 37, we read, The Lord knows the days of the blameless, and their heritage will remain forever. They are not put to shame in evil times. In the days of famine, they have abundance. Yield everything to God. Give sacrificially as he directs. Remember that Paul said that, He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. I have thought at times how nice it would be to be independently wealthy. Obviously, God hasn't thought that it would be nice for me. If I had gotten rich in my life, money would probably have turned my heart from God. So still today, I must trust him for my needs, and he has never failed me. Oh yes, on top of all this, he has promised me an eternity in a place where the streets are paved with gold. Lord, help us to set our hearts on heavenly things and not on the temporary wealth of this world. In Christ's name I pray, amen. Dear friend, thank you for your prayers for the Bread of Life Anglican Church, where we are seeking to establish a work in the Schenectady, New York area. We meet Sundays at 10 o'clock in the morning at 1809 Union Street in Schenectady, which is the American Legion Hall. And if you don't have a church home, you're in that area, we would love to meet you. Come and visit with us Sunday at 10 o'clock. As always, you can reach me by email at father.danjones.com at Outlook.com. God bless you.